So, hey guys, Kayana here, and I want to have a little bit of fun this week. Uh, We've been going through all of these different bonus episodes over the last few weeks before we get back into the actual storytelling, the actual episodes four of Music and Men, and I've explained a few times as to why I'm doing this this way. And yes, it does have a little bit to do with our current worldwide situation that we are all experiencing. But if you want more details, you can go back and listen to some of those bonus episodes that came out after, I believe it was after episode 2.7. It's probably about four or five bonus episodes at this point um, that really go into detail about um, everything that's going on personally and how I'm putting out these podcast episodes each and every week. So if you want those details, just go ahead and go back and listen to them. But if not, just stay tuned right here where you are right now. And we're going to jump into something. I just wanted to have a little bit of fun. And by fun, I mean telling you some inside information about the female characters of of Music and Men. Now, we will do the male characters. <laughs> I thought about doing all of the characters in this uh, bonus, but then I decided not to, mostly because there's one very important male character. Well, he's going to be very important throughout the rest of the season, but in episodes one and two of the novella and TV show, eventual TV show, And then the first 15 episodes that you've heard of the podcast, he's sort of been this enigmatic. We actually haven't even really met him yet. We don't even know his name. He's been called Dream Guy simply based on, let's be real, it's based on his looks because Kenya knows nothing about him. (laughs) But um, he's beautiful and she wants to get to know him and maybe she well i've already given away she's she's gonna get to know him because i already mentioned that he's gonna play some a pivotal role in the rest of the story but i think that was pretty evident the fact that he appeared and he's been given this nickname i don't think that a a person would give a nickname to a character we'd never see again (laughs) so i won't i'll save his actual name for when you listen and we are going to meet him in episode three of the novella slash TV show. And then episode 3.1, which is coming up soon, uh, hopefully, Lord willing, coming up soon um, on the podcast, uh, the storytelling aspect of it. So we will get the chance to meet him, but we have not met him yet. And I did that whole entire tangent basically to say that I'm saving the male characters. What I'm going to do today, I'm saving the male character version of that until at least after we have gotten to meet all of the ones that will play an integral role in moving the story forward. So that's my excuse for not doing the male characters just yet, but I think it's a good excuse. So let's start with the goal. My goal for this project, um, I'll give you two sides of it. The first side is I'm a writer. I wanted to do a TV show and I looked at my own life and my own experiences as a young female entrepreneur. At the time, I was working with a good friend of mine. I'll tell you more about that later. But working with a good friend of mine who uh, was doing music and wanted some help with that side of things. And I always wanted to be a, um, I guess, a mogul. (laughs) That was one of my dreams, one of my many dreams, or it is still one of my many dreams. And I looked at what he was asking and said, look, this is my opportunity to start my moguldom working with my friend. So 
I started a record label. And then also looking at where I was living or am still living at the at the at that time, but still here in DC. And I saw some articles and things like that saying that DC pretty much wasn't the best place for dating for single women, regardless of race. And looking at those two things, knowing as a storyteller, the more obstacles that you can present to a character or put a character in, uh, situations you can put a character in. I saw a young woman wants to be an entrepreneur, very well, ill-equipped, not well-equipped, but ill-equipped to be an entrepreneur and very young. That's okay. We all got to start somewhere. But then also being a single woman in a town that is not ideal for that either. So we had, in my mind, I'm thinking I have a character with all of these built-in, all this built-in conflict. And this is the perfect story for something, you know, it's it's like the best story that uh, the best situation for the story that I wanted to tell. Um, And so that's where the motivation for it came. And as you can see, that's very egotistical in many ways, you know, to focus on my own life. And I'm like, hey, I want to tell my own story. But once it started, I started developing it and then going through different things in my own life during that development. And I would say still going through. Uh, many, not the same things, but just various things that we just go through as we grow. Um, I wanted it to mean more to other people. I didn't want it to just be me as an artist doing artistic things. And there's nothing wrong with that. You know, most artists, we create simply because we can. It's a God-given thing. We create not so much with a why, involved in the creation. I don't know if the why aspect of Simon Sinek's lovely TED Talk or whatever that was he did, uh, and he talked about knowing your why and using Apple, the company, as an example. Wonderful information, and I use that in many aspects of my life today, but I don't know if the why for artists artists, uh, is, is as important simply because we create simply because we can and we feel like it. (laughs) <laughs> you know, it's, it's not so much thought behind the why are we doing this? But for me, it was it was this is more than just the art side. I do want it to mean something. Uh, and I think that that came after the fact. I'll be honest, it, it wasn't a motivating factor for the creation. But as I continue to struggle and I will admit it, it, it has been a struggle to maintain uh, a level of not really interest for me, but interest in the business side of it, creating these different products and then wanting to wanting to sell them or wanting to use them as something to grow an audience. Uh, all of those things. It's, it's, it's just been very, very difficult. It comes, came with a lot of speed bumps. Um, my motivation has grown. I won't say it changed because I still have the same motivation for wanting to do it, but it's grown in the sense that my goal now is I want of music and men to inspire an entire generation of young women to take risks and not really wait for permission or even wait for perfection before doing something that they know is great. And through Kenya Shaw, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully I am doing that through her. And if you don't know already, all 12 this is going to be eventually one day a successful half an hour scripted drama comedy series on a premium cable or streaming network. I can say that without even breathing because it's been something I've been dreaming for seven and a half years now. So 
Again, the goal for this project is to be a lot bigger than just a piece of entertainment. And even through the character's personal growth and experiences to the character's entrepreneurial experiences. I want to offer so much. I have so many so so much stuff I want to do. I just it's just that working alone, I can't do all this stuff myself, but I want to eventually uh do a lot more giveaways with things that young people in general, but young women in particular can things that they can use in their journey especially in their uh, journey into entrepreneurship, if that's what they want, or even just their personal journey. And through this story, you'll see in some of the episodes, if you haven't already seen with episode one and two, with episodes three through 12, you'll definitely have some tidbits in there and, and little bits of knowledge and things like that that Kenya will offer, whether it's explicitly or whether it's more metaphorical or whatever the case may be, but you'll definitely be getting a lot more from this story than just uh, a nice piece of entertainment, something to laugh at, or if you do cry, then something to cry with. It'll be a lot more than that with this story. So let's get down to it. Let's get down to these character things. So recently I've been working on this is a little side note. <laughs> the recently I've been actually working on repositioning the log line. Um, if you've been tuning in, you've heard me talking about things like log lines. Was log line is like a one or two sentence summary that entices people to want to anyone to really want to read or watch or more so watch because it's used in the film industry. Um, it's a one or two sentence captivating sentence, one or two captivating sentences that will uh, kind of lure people in and make them interested. So here's the new one. So you can look, the old one is probably everywhere. So I've been kind of reworking it. So the new one goes like this. After dropping out of college less than a year in, an ambitious young woman tries to succeed as an entrepreneur helming her own independent record label while navigating bachelorettehood. The only problem is she's in the wrong place for entertainment pursuits, and not to mention the country's worst city for single women, Washington, D.C. So that's my new log line, or something along those lines will be the new log line. I'm still tweaking it. You're always tweaking it. If you're a writer, you're never not writing, so you're never not rewriting. It's sort of a, a thought that I always have about that. So one thing, though, a friend of mine made an observation. Uh, he wanted to know or or really wanted to suggest that I not use the words uh, wrong place or last place. Because sometimes I say DC is the last place you'd expect for entertainment pursuits. Or in this one, I think I said the wrong place. And I, let me defend that for a moment. Um, this friend is someone who works more so in the music industry uh, or work, works with musicians, especially ones in D.C. And he didn't like the fact that it felt like I was saying that D.C. was not a place for music when he knows better. The thing is, no one else knows better. No one else in the world. I've, I've heard people that have never even been to D.C. or have just come here to visit, say things about the city. And they're not wrong. But if you're, you know, like if someone talks about your parents or talks about your family, it's like, I can talk about them because I know them, but you can't do it. It's one of those kinds of things when it comes to D.C. But for me, I can listen 
<laughs> I can listen to people say things about the city and go, oh, I can see that. Um, and, and there's a lot of different stereotypes about the city or just, you know, people having come and visit and they get their own interpretation. And it's usually not the same interpretation that the residents have. So anyway, me saying that D.C. is the last place or the wrong place. Uh, let me ask you, when you think of D.C., do you think of a place that someone in a small town is going to say, you know what, I'm going to kick off my music career? Forget New York. Forget Atlanta if I'm a rapper. Forget Nashville if I do country. And even forget Chicago and L.A. I'm going to go to D.C. Literally no one in the history of humans has ever said that because D.C. is simply it's not the place where anyone is going to come to pursue that industry. You may come here to pursue law. Uh, it's becoming a lot bigger for advertising and tech. And there's a lot of industries, obviously politics, that should have been the first thing off my off my tongue. Every TV show that you've ever thought of that has ever been made, if it takes place in D.C., nine times out of ten, it has to do with politics. You've literally never seen a TV show, a successful TV show, let me say, that uh, has focused on D.C. as just a city. And then even gone a step further by focusing on somewhat of an underground type of thing where it's focusing on the art side and the dating side of a city that's known for politics and politics only. Most people don't even know D.C. is a city where people live. I've talked to people who thought that D.C. was like a almost like a place where only the Capitol, the Monument and the White House exists and people come there to work. And then all of the real, like, actual regular people live somewhere else. But D.C. is a place where politicians come to work. Let me correct you on that. D.C. is an actual real city that up until a few years ago was primarily, and I mean like 75 percent black. And it's changed demographically just extraordinarily. It's, I can't even, it doesn't even look, it doesn't even smell the same here <laughs> as it did when I was a kid. But um. Nevertheless, I still have love for it. So me saying that it's the wrong place or the last place has nothing to do with me uh, essentially dissing D.C. or anything like that. It's really, as a storyteller, you have to create obstacles. It would not even be worth watching if I said that this single young woman has all the money in the world, all the connections, and she's in the best place in the world to pursue music. It's like, well, then what the hell am I watching for? If she has everything going for, why watch? So me using those kind of bigger words, uh, even though they're not big words, but but kind of stronger words like the last place or the wrong place, it's really to kind of drive home a dramatic effect of this is not the place that's going to be easy for her to do what she wants to do. So there, that is my explanation Uh to it because sometimes people will say things to me and I don't necessarily have the right rebuttal at the time. I'll just listen. Uh, I probably <laughs> probably would make a, an awful lawyer because my I, I don't even think of a rebuttal to like months later for stuff. <laughs> Be like, yeah, I should have said that. But the friend of mine that said that is someone who does work intimately with musicians in D.C. and hated the fact that on my website, it was saying it was the wrong place. And it's like, ah, well, there's a reason for that. And it has nothing to do with me wanting to promote DC musicians or not wanting to promote them. It, it's all about creating dramatic effect for the logline and thus the story. So anyway, 
that's out of the way. Had to say that. Uh, so now you know why I say that DC is the last place that anyone would pursue music. And it's going to create, it creates a definite character of place. Uh, I believe that when stories are written um, or TV shows or movies, that the place that it, whatever world it takes place in, should play an integral role. And I wanted this to seem like an obstacle-laden road that this this young woman is on. So as I mentioned, we are going to dive into characters today. Um, there are four main female characters. We're going to do the men maybe after the collection of episodes to make up episode three. That's the goal. So hopefully I remember that. Maybe I should write that down. But again, the men are extremely important, but we're just going to save those for later because we want to wait to introduce a very important one that comes into play in this next set of episodes, which make up episode three. So let's talk about the word diversity, which most people in in my industry, most people of color in my industry hate that word. And I can't say that I have that strong of an opinion about the word, but understanding the hate, I'll just say life. So as opposed to calling it diversity, I'll call it real life, right? So life on the page versus life on the screen. Um, And the word diversity. So what I want to do, one of my biggest goals, even though I'm a person of color, I don't believe that I should just leave it at that and say, well, we got people of color in on the screen, so that's where we have to leave it. We can't ignore uh, people that are physically challenged or mentally challenged. We can't ignore communities. We, we just can't ignore other communities that are facing some of the same levels of non-representation when it comes to Hollywood. Uh, and I'm not in Hollywood yet, but we don't want to ignore really anyone or any type of of person. And so going into this, probably about a few months before I published episode one as a novella, I almost literally went to sleep one night. It was a Friday night and woke up that Saturday morning and thought to myself, it wasn't a dream, but it was just like one of those things where you wake up pretty early in the morning and then you have these this flood of random thoughts. They feel random anyway. And the thought that I had was, TK should be a female. Now, this was in 2018, which means I had already been, everything had, everything had been written by this point. I had lived with these characters at, by that point for a good seven, I mean, a, a good maybe five, six years. TK was based on, remember earlier, I, I mentioned that in my real life, I had worked with a friend of mine in helping him to get his music out there. So TK, when this was initially developed, was based on him. That's Khalil Ismael. I haven't mentioned his name, but it's not hard to know, you know who it was that I was working with. Still a good friend, like a big brother to me. I always mention that. Uh, we had been working together in my real life. And so when I started doing this story, I based a character almost, it was like based directly on him. He, this character, TK, Taj Kamal, was from Baltimore. Uh, it did conscientious type music. If you think of like a common or, you know, like a most deaf type of music, he he did that kind of music. Uh, he was Muslim. All of that really does match up with, he was married. All of that matches up with Khalil Ismail. And so that Friday slash Saturday morning when I went to sleep and woke up thinking that TK should be female, one of the reasons why was because 
of the lack of quote unquote life, real life that I was portraying on the screen. And what I mean by that is I mentioned that DC is a very gay city and it is, and it's beautiful, but I wasn't doing a good job as a storyteller of truly reflecting that through a main character. Now, Kenya's father is gay. We've already learned that. We learned uh, some of the kind of day players, if you if you may, some of the, they're not really supporting characters, but they're not really cameos. They're, they may have one or two scenes. I imagine being played by gay actors or even if I don't explicitly say they, they're gay, I do know that they are. I maybe describe them as gay without explicitly calling them gay. But I didn't have the true representation that I thought waking up that Saturday morning, I had to kind of check myself and we all should do this. And I think people of color sometimes get away with not doing it because putting people of color on the screen, you've already kind of, honestly, you've already kind of checked a box for the quote diversity (laughs) because, you know, you're writing your own stories, which there are not enough of. And so you've already kind of checked a box. So you don't put, you don't go any, you don't go any further with that within that word of diversity. But for me it's very important because I have so many friends and have come across j- even just associates working. I mean, come on, I, I work in the arts. It's no way in hell that I could tell a story about my life and not have true representation of I mean almost every kind of person that you can name. And so looking at my story that morning when I woke up I'm thinking, wait a minute, I don't really truly have the life on the pages that I could. And I had already laid out the book. It was already, it was like July and the book was launching in September. So, I mean, we're less than two months away. I was, it was pretty much ready to go. And I was like, nope, let's stop it. I have to go back and change all these pronouns. I'm going to change this character and I'm going to keep everything about the character the same. So it's she's still going to be a conscientious rapper. So instead of like a common, she's more like a Lauren Hill, <laughs> you know. Um, she's still from Baltimore. She's still Muslim. She's still married. She still has a kid. All of that is the same that it was as the male. Even the name Taj Kamal is still the same because it stands. We'll learn. You learn in, in episode two what her full name is. But Taj Kamal is her stage name, TK. And so all of that remained the same, but everything else, well, not everything else, her sex changed. Uh, it was no longer a male. And another reason was I wanted to take some liberties with the character and me even telling you or suggesting or even leaving enough clues for you to know that it was directly <laughs> directly related to Khalil Ismael. I didn't want to take some liberties sometimes and then not take liberties other times. Uh, Meaning I didn't want to make the character do something outrageous. Then you would think, oh, did he do that? Uh, And then I'm like, no, he didn't do that. But then everything else is based on him. That would have you looking at him sideways, really, for some of the stuff that I I may want the character to go through or do. So changing the character does give me a little bit more elbow room with uh, some of the stories I want to tell through the character, some of the lessons I want people to learn through the character that I don't want to put that burden on a real life person. It it wouldn't be hard to to know if it were male and all of the clues I left that it was Khalil. So it's no longer Khalil. He has nothing to do with the character at all. Um, But I did keep 
some of the same small things as far as the motivation for how the character was developed is based on uh, K.I. So, um, yeah, so I definitely had to do that. And one of the other things that I wanted to do with the character is I wanted to, well, I'll get into that in a minute, but I wanted to show a different relationship with a lesbian character and uh, a straight character, two females. I wanted to show a different type of female friendship that I think making this character a lesbian it gives me more creativity. Uh, I can use more creativity with how I tell this human story on screen. So here's something fun I want to do with these characters. When I'm creating most characters, uh, especially with The Music of Men, what I did was, uh, mostly after the fact, I went back when trying to make the characters more three-dimensional. I went back and looked at their personality. Like I went back and created or selected personality types. Now I had already done like zodiac signs and like all of this kind of fun stuff just in the character development. But a couple of years ago, a friend of mine sent me this personality test thing that's like freakishly. They even say on the website. Now the website is 16personalities.com. So it's the number 1616personalities.com, right? And they, quote, take a tour of, actually it doesn't say take a tour, it says take our personality test (laughs) and get a freakishly accurate description of who you are and why you do the things that you do. And so I thought it would be pretty cool to share with you um, those personality types that I have for each of the characters. And so let's take a look at what they do. So if you go to 16personalities.com, you can see some of this information. So what they do is they look at how your mind works. And by your mind, they mean whether you're introverted or extroverted. Now, most of us have heard those words before, and we generally equate introverts with uh, people that don't like people. (laughs) It it obviously doesn't mean that. But it's usually people who get their energy from not being around. They, They can get their energy from seclusion. And then we have extroverts, which people who tend to be a lot more outgoing. And then uh, they monitor or at least test for your energy type. Uh, So your energy is whether you're observant, meaning you're more practical, or whether you're intuitive, meaning you're more curious. They look at your nature, uh, and that's thinking or feeling, like whether you're a thinking type of person using your brain practicality or whether you're a feeling type of person, probably someone who pursues most things or goes into most of everything with their heart, their feel, like how they feel about something. They measure your tactics, and that's whether you're a judging type of person. That, that means whether you prefer to plan, whether you like things to be clear, this is what we're going to do, this is how we're going to do it. Or, and this is versus whether you're a prospecting type, and that means you're more of an impulsive, kind of more improvising type. You go with the flow. You don't necessarily need everything laid and planned out you can just hop in the car and, you know, wherever you end up, that's where you end up, you know. And it's not always a car, obviously, a trip, but just some things in life you can just kind of go, just take it as it comes. go Roll with the punches sort of thing. And then finally, they look at your identity. Um, and that's if you're assertive, more of a confident type. They call it assertive, but, but uh, it's more of the confident type. or whether you're more turbulent. And turbulent sounds awful, but really it just means that you're more uh, 
more like a self-conscious, you kind of overthink yourself or overthink your own uh, thoughts and your own actions and your own decisions, kind of more self-conscious type. So you've probably seen on people's profiles, sometimes they'll be like, yeah, I'm an ENFP or I'm an INFJ or something like that. And if you didn't know what that meant, those were just four letters to you. But each of those things that I just outlined, one of the two will give you one of those letters. So that's where those four letters come from. And a lot of people use those on dating uh, dating sites. I've seen uh, on like Bumble and places like that where people will have, yeah, you know, I like to do this, 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 and I'm an ENFP. And you kind of get an idea of an ENFP is E would be for extrovert and so on and so forth. So you can go to 16personalities.com and look it up. It's so fun. Like even if you don't even put any stock into it, just kind of do it for the fun of it. It's super, super fun. So I wanted to do that. I wanted to share with you what I'd already done for the female characters for Music and Men. So speaking of TK, Taj Kamal, let's start with her. So Taj Kamal, as I mentioned, is Kenya's artist. Kenya has two artists, right? And one of them is Lucas. He's more of a Bieber type. He's young. He's like 20 years old. Cute, skinny white boy with a guitar. He can play like guitar and piano, writes his own songs. Beautiful voice, extremely immature. But again, we're not talking about Lucas. We're talking about TK. But I mentioned the Lucas stuff because TK is the exact opposite. Well, she does, she can play a little piano, but, and, and write. But other than that, it's really no, no similarity. She's a lot older than Lucas. She's, um, a year older than Kenya when we meet her. So she's like 29, 28, 28 years old. Um, very, very mature. She's, uh, by the way, I'll get into what her personality type is momentarily. She's an ISTJ. So I'm going to give you some insight on that. So she's Kenya's artist, as I mentioned, started as a male. And again, my goal for life on the screen, trying to avoid the word diversity, Life on the screen is to show real life, real life people on the screen. And I needed to change her, needed to change this character to a female. And I actually love it so much more now that she's, now that it's a female, it's just a different, it feels different being female. So um, her friendship with Kenya, they've been friends now for a good seven years. They've been working together about a good four and a half years or so. So they've been work. they've worked together on a few projects. And the story will tell you how they met. I don't want to go into so much of the how that they met, but it was like a little job thing. But it, it, it details it in one of the episodes as far as how they met. But TK has, uh, she has a wife. Um, she has a child. And the child came about, again, all of this will be divulged in the story, but just to give you a little bit of insight, the child came about through adoption in some way. Um, So we'll get into the specifics of that in the actual episode, but there is a child that she's like a, a toddler that she and her wife are raising. She's been with her wife for a long time. They've been married for probably only about three or four years when we meet her, when we meet them. Her wife is an architect. And it sounds most of the time when you mention the you mention the occupation of architect, it sounds more glamorous than real architects will tell you that it is. Most of them let you know that when you're just starting out, or you're fairly new the first few years at least, you really don't make that much money. 
<laughs> it's not the glamorous position that we see used in movies. A lot of them are making probably no more than a school teacher, which by the way, Tosh Kamal is a school teacher. So she's a school teacher. She's a high school teacher uh, of world history. And um, her wife is an architect, a lower level, very low level, like drafter. She's like, she's, she's not even like an architect fully yet. But uh, again, all of this is, it comes up in the story. But we see their relationship, um, two Muslim women who are together. And there's a lot more we can explore with that. Black women, both of them are black women. And again, as I mentioned, TK is musically like a Lauryn Hill. And you would love her music. Uh, I mean, I can hear it. I mean, no music has been created, but like I can hear her music. And there would definitely be a need for her and her type of delivery, her type of her, just her sound right now in real life. Like, cause we miss Lauren Hill like crazy. And so she would be somewhat like that minus not so much the singer side of things, but just the emceeing side um, from Lauren Hill. She is from Baltimore, but she has so much love for DC because she went to school at university of Maryland, which is very close to DC. It's not even it might be five miles outside of D.C. I mean, it's it's right there, right there beside D.C. And right after college, she started teaching in D.C. So she kind of calls D.C. home now. And we're going to get a little bit more to where she lives in the next episode uh, for episode three. And what she's doing for her community here in D.C. It's, it's, it's a whole thing. So, um, but anyway, she went to University of Maryland. Uh, Again, I mentioned married with I'm kind of going through my list of things. So she's yeah, married with a kid. She had an artsy upbringing. And this does come up in one of the earlier episodes where I talk a little bit about her background. She had a very, both of her parents were artists. Her father's like a painter and she's, he's really into, just really into all kinds of art, painting and music. And her mother, even though she started out as a model, um, her mother is still involved in the arts heavily. And so when TK was younger, she she's one of those people who always knew who they were. And it was always okay for her to be who she is. So she doesn't have this glamorous or kind of dramatic coming out story. She's one of those kids that by age nine, eight or nine, just kind of knew that she was gay. And she told her mother, matter of factly, that she liked this particular girl. And her mother didn't question her, didn't tell her that she was wrong or mistaken or anything like that. She just said, oh, okay. Well, okay, then. <laughs> then that's what you like. I mean, what can you say? And so it was always okay for her to be who she is. So with that, TK has a certain confidence that I, I really enjoy writing. I, because I've had to go actually go back with some of these episodes and kind of rewrite things specifically for her. And so the confidence that she has, not just artistically, but just in her life in general, the way she carries herself. I mean, she's a young person, so she she's not always super confident, but she at least exudes confidence. You don't, you never see her looking insecure or looking like she's second guessing herself. Not all the time. We do see one instance in episode two where when it comes to the job that uh, she does question what she should do, but then she immediately does make a decision. 
about that. Um, so as I mentioned, she's a ISTJ. So let's take a look at what an ISTJ actually is. So an ISTJ, uh, ISTJ um, is a logistician. Logistician? I hope I'm pronouncing that right. I guess that means like a logical person. So anyway, it's someone with an introverted, observant, thinking, and judging personality traits. So those are of those four that I outlined earlier. She's introverted. She's more observant. She's a thinker and she's more judging, uh, which means she's definitely more, definitely has more um, uh, planning is a part of her. <laughs> she's the person that likes to plan a lot uh, as opposed to going with the flow and kind of leaving things up to to fate. Now, these people tend to be reserved yet willful with a rational outlook on life. They compose their actions carefully and carry them out with methodical purpose. So that's what the website says about that. So this personality type, this is what they also say, is thought to be the most abundant. Like there's a lot of these people in the world making up about 13% of the population. Their defining characteristics are integrity, practical logic, and tireless dedication to duty, making them a vital core to many families as well as organizations that uphold tradition rules, standards, such as law offices or regulatory bodies or the military. And this all kind of makes sense because TK, when you meet her, if you are just tuning in and haven't gotten a chance to meet her and episodes to come, you'll get to know her more. Definitely, I mean, she's married early. She got married probably 24, you know, something like that has been in a long-term relationship. She's kind of a more settled type of person. She's not really one of those people who wants to explore so much of, you know, it's like she found the one she wants, found the one that she likes and started a family and kind of is fine with like, I've made these decisions. This is what I want and I know it. And that's it. Like I, I don't need to know or do anything else. So this really describes her to a T. And again, if you want to actually, you know what, I'm going to put in the show notes, these, outlines for these different characters. And then I'll put the link because then you can go and click on it and you can read the link for each of the characters. Because it goes through these personality type things, um, personality type descriptions really go into detail. They go with your strengths and weaknesses, your romantic relationships, your friendships, your parent type, I guess, parenthood and parent type, career path. So it gives you a list of like career path, ideal career paths for you. Um, workplace habits, and then it gives you an overall conclusion. So obviously I'm not reading all of that. I just want to give like a few bullet points for each of the characters just so you get an idea for a small sample um, for who they are and why they do some of the things that they do and how I describe them in making them a character at all. So next we have Ty. Her name is Talia Aldrich. And she's, uh, when we meet Ty, She's one of the more, probably the, she's one of those people who, when you meet them, even though they'll be like 25 or 10, <laughs> 10 years old, they just seem so much older than they are. And I know you've probably met a person like that, where it's like, you meet them 
And although they look young, it's something about the way your eyes and mind are working together. It's like you look young, but you look old. Is I don't know what <laughs> you know. You look mad old, and so even though she doesn't look old, she's she is the oldest of the women um, in this story. But she is still young. She just turned thirty when we meet her. But something about the way she carries herself, the way she dresses, she's. Uh, and you can go to Pinterest, and I have like closets for all the characters, so you can see what their all their style. You can see what their style is like, which is really cool. But if you notice, like ninety eight percent of the things she wears, if not a hundred percent, if she's not working out or doing some kind of exercise, like ninety eight percent of the stuff she wears is is it's like formal, not formal, but like dress if she wears suits to work it's like a skirt suit or a dress she almost always wears dresses with shoes like real shoes not sneakers or tennis shoes or something like that so she's very she's actually a very conservative person uh if i could use a word to describe her she's kind of old fashioned but i didn't want to say old fashioned but tradition means a lot to her which ironically when we meet her the very first day, the very first, probably the very first episode, if I'm not mistaken, when we beat her, she is divorcing. She married fairly young. She was probably about, also like TK, she was probably about 20, I think she met the guy when she was about 23. And then she got married when she was like 25, maybe. And now at just turning at 29 slash 30, she's get she's in the middle of a divorce. And she definitely you have to know with a person like this, that divorce was the last straw. It was like she had no other choice. You know, it was one of those kind of things because she put up with a lot at her young age in this young marriage. And simply divorcing was not a first thing. It wasn't like a knee jerk. It was something that it was it was no other choice unfortunately. Um, and when, when we do meet her, she's not even a doctor yet. She's in her postdoc to becoming a psychologist. So she never imagined being divorced before she's actually able to even put the name behind doctor because she's going to be Dr. Aldrich. But she would have been doctor something else. And she would have never thought that that she'd be divorcing and before she was able to even use the name with doctor in front of it. But um, it's unfortunate, but that's what she's going through. So imagine a person young going through a divorce. There's so much that they, uh, so much for her that is, it's playing on her personality a lot. It's playing on her, uh, her social life. It's playing on her self-esteem. Uh, just going through a divorce. It's kind of, it, it's kind of changed her. And so when we meet her, she's kind of slowly getting back or trying at least to get back to being herself. And so she's one tidbit, not that it's super important, but just to give a little bit more background on her. She is Ivy League educated. She went to Princeton and she comes from I wanted to explore a character. We haven't done a lot of it yet in these first two episodes, but I wanted to explore a black character that comes from extremely old money. See, like nowadays with social media, we get to meet a lot of new money, like folks that just got money, like first generation money. It's like maybe they uh started a company or you know was in the tech industry or financial industry it's like new money or entertainment some kind of way or sports but i wanted to leave the door open to exploring because i do plan on delving more into her life her parents and her mother's dead but her father she's the youngest of four children the only girl so she's the youngest and she's the girl of her family um her father we we're going to meet him 
And so I wanted to be able to explore what it's like to come from old, old money. And it's a lot of money. It's not, it's not a few million, just, just to give you. And it, it, it's substantial. Um, where you grow up with certain privileges that the average person could never dream of, <laughs> of, of having, like some coming to America type stuff. And speaking of which, she is from Africa. She's from Nigeria, from Lagos, to be exact. And so we're going to delve into, I would love to film there. Like my goal for season two, once it becomes a TV show, is to actually go there for a reason to take all of the characters, or at least the girls, with Ty to Africa and be able to film a couple of episodes there for a reason, maybe a family reunion or a wedding or something like that. Um, but that's a whole other story. So she's a person who I mentioned the word conservative. She's a liberal at heart but conservative in pretty much every other way. She's super religious. Like, religion means a lot to her. Um, she's Christian, by the way. And she has she's she grew up in the South. She, even though she's from Nigeria, she didn't grow up there. They visited an awful lot. I mean, she, this was a place she went probably once or twice a year from the time she was maybe five, you know, and then up until that point, she was living there. So she's, she's from... Nigeria, but she's very much an American girl with Southern sensibilities. She grew up in Florida. And although we, the funny thing is Florida's in the South, but it's like when we think of the South, South, I don't know about you, but I don't always think of, I don't always think of Florida in that way. It feels a little different because I've been there, but it's still the South. And so she has that sensibility, that kind of Southern hospitality, that Southern feel. Southern people have a feel to them. And it's a good thing. It's a good feeling. And she has that. Um, and she's very mature. As I mentioned, she's she's a grown-up. You know, one of those people, you see the way they dress, the way they was, like, oh, she's a grown-up. <laughs> you know, there's no question. No matter how old she is, even when she was like 15, it was like, that's a grown-up, 15. She's an INFJ. So let's look at what an INFJ is. An INFJ is a personality called an advocate. So the advocate is a person with an introvert. She's also introvert. So introverted, intuitive, feeling, and judging personality type. They tend to approach life with deep thoughtfulness and imagination. Their inner vision, personal values, and quiet, principled vision of humanism guides them in all things. This could not this is like so tie. She's this is so tie. Like she's definitely principled. Everything is principle based. So this advocate personality type is extremely rare. Unlike TK's, which makes up 13%, this one makes up less than 1%. This is a very unique personality type, less than 1% of the population. But they nonetheless have they leave their mark on the world. Advocates have an inborn sense of idealism and morality. Yes, that is definitely Ty. Everything that she does is based on some ideal, and it's whether something is right or wrong. A lot of her life, and she'll have to struggle with this, this is one of her character struggles, is that she's a should person. So I, I mentioned this in one of the past episodes, but sometimes we can should ourselves to death, meaning we don't do things we want or feel like we could or whatever the case may be, but we do it because we should do it. And I'm not going to say whether that's a bad thing or not, but it's definitely something that needs to be looked at if you're a shoulder. If you just, everything you do is based on because you think you should do it, 
is it what you really genuinely want to do? Um, but anyway, but what sets them apart is that they are not idle dreamers, meaning they don't just sit back and dream, they do, these people. These individuals are capable of taking concrete steps to realize their goals and make a lasting positive impact. People with this personality type tend to see others as their purpose in life. So she's a server. She's like service means a lot. Part of the reason why she uh, works in psychology um, is because people is a part of her purpose, as this thing says. Advocates can also, this, these types of people can often be found engaging in rescue efforts. She's definitely a rescuer and doing charity work. She definitely does a lot of charity work. You can almost always see her volunteering somewhere. However, their real passion is to get to the heart of the issue so that people need not be rescued at all. This is so tie. Like she wants preventative methods for everything. It's it's amazing how these person this personality thing and this is not even going that deep. This is just like the introduction that I'm looking at. Um, it's, it's so spot on with every single thing. So I'll, I'll take a look at the INF, what is this? INFJ. And that's Ty. So moving on, cause I'm like super going long as hell. And I didn't realize <laughs> that I'm talking this much, but I got two more to go. So I'm gonna finish up after this, this is Jay and Kenya's next. So Jay, Hesania Hliodiano. So that's Jay. She is... I think the first thing I imagine you thinking when you see Jay is her beauty. Um, so it's probably going to be, well, I'm not going to say hard to find an actress to play her, but it's a very specific look that I'm going for. And I've I've seen people, young women, and they may or may not have been actors, but I've seen people who have that, the look that I want for Jay. Um, she's Latina. And her mother's from El Salvador. And we'll learn that her father actually has DR blood, so Dominican Republic. So she's, we're going to see, we're going to learn later. She knows very much about uh, the El Salvadorian part because she grew up uh, with her mother and with only with her mother. But she'll learn, too, that she's part Dominican Republic, which she, Dominican, which she didn't, that's not something that she grew up knowing, but that's something we'll learn. Uh, we'll probably learn it when she learns it. So. But this is a girl who knows her roots. She's one of those people who seem like when you meet them, I don't know if you've ever met a girl as a as a young woman. I'm speaking to the young women more so. You've met a girl who seemed like she's got the brains and the beauty. She's not just one of the, because you meet people with just the beauty and it's like, she flaky. But then you meet people that's got the brains and it's like, okay, you know, she's she's the smart one. She's not going to be mistaken as the one that that's like the, the man killer type of thing. But Jay is one of those unique people that has, she's it, it looks like she's got it all type of thing. The confidence and all of that. She's a girl who knows her roots. But she grew up being seen as an American black girl in Chicago. She's from Chicago, grew up in Chicago. And because of the way she looks, when you just look at her, you'll and not knowing anything, it'll just be like, oh, that's a sort of lighter skinned black girl. You know, you don't think you don't think too much about her, her the rest of her makeup. Um, but she's bilingual, so she, she's not just and nothing against you know Latinas or people in the Latinx community that don't speak Spanish. Nothing against that, but she actually does speak Spanish fluently, and um, this is something that you know. 
she felt like was important to know growing up after not knowing it for a a long time growing up. So when she was a teenager, it was something she actually put more effort into knowing. But again, that's something deeper I'll get into in the story later. Now, she came to D.C. to go to college and never left, (laughs) which like most of the population came to D.C. for college or some early reason like that and never left or, you know, just decided to stick around for a job. But uh, she graduated. She went to Howard University, graduated summa cum laude from Howard. So she is brilliant. She's extremely smart. And we're actually in episode three. We're going to go in a little bit more into like what she studied and all those kinds of things um, when the episode two bunch of episodes air for the podcast. But she's a journalist. She works for uh, a female lifestyle magazine. So just imagine GQ, but for women. And I'm pretty sure there are a few of them, but I just didn't want to like, you know, say that she worked for a specific one. So I made one up called Face Magazine. And she works in the arts and culture department. Now, when you when we meet her, we'll immediately know that she's the sex positive one. Like she's the one of the group that sex is very, 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 very important to her. And she's not ashamed that it's very important to her. In fact, she will tell you that it is very important to her. So that thing I mentioned about DC not having a lot of male options, that's not a problem that she necessarily experiences. So even though I mentioned that it's a problem for most women in general in DC. It's not necessarily a problem for Jay. She's uh, someone who meets men seemingly any and every way and any and everywhere that she goes. So while most people, Ty specifically, will say that you need to get to know a person before you have sex with them, Jay's philosophy is that you get to know people through sex, <laughs> which agree or disagree, it's just that's her philosophy. It, not that she goes around necessarily having sex with everyone, but part of getting to know people is the sexual experience of of getting to know them. Now, Jay is an ESTP. Not surprising that she's an extrovert based on everything that I just mentioned. So the ESTP their personality types are called entrepreneur. Doesn't necessarily mean that you have to be an entrepreneur to do it, but that's just what they are. And it's someone with an extroverted, observant, thinking, and prospecting personality type. They tend to be energetic and action-oriented, deftly navigating whatever is in front of them. They love uncovering life's opportunities, whether socializing with others or in more personal pursuits. Again, that could not describe Jay more. Like, that is Jay. Entrepreneurs always have an impact on their immediate surroundings. Yes, she's the kind of person that walks into a room and something is commanding about it from both sexes. It's not just a male or a female thing, but she commands a certain level of, I won't say respect, but definitely attention. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) They... Uh, The best way to spot them at a party is to look for the whirling eddy of people (laughs) flitting about them as if as they move from group to group. Did I just not not just say that same thing? Laughing and entertaining with a blunt and earthy humor, entrepreneur personalities love to be the center of attention. If an audience member is asked to come on stage, entrepreneurs, they volunteer. Or volunteer a shy friend. (laughs) So, again, 
these are just little snippets of these personality types to give you. I definitely suggest reading much more on the, what is this, ESTP personality type um, to learn more about that. And then finally, Kenya, of course, our main character for Music and Men. Now, Kenya is one of those girls who would be defined by her ambition. Most likely to succeed is probably what she won in high school. You know, that kind of person that was almost always sort of career focused, if that makes sense. Not necessarily career, but focused uh, on what it was that they were passionate about, whether it was going to be a career or not. But it was definitely something that you saw them doing seriously. And she's one of those kinds of people. So ironically, Although she might have won most likely to succeed, she's a college dropout. Now, although Jay went to Howard, uh, TK went to UML, University of Maryland, and Ty went to Princeton, I named all real schools for them. For Kenya, I made up a school. And it was because I did not want to bad talk any real university. And Kenya may express some some of my personal feelings about college, she may express those later. And I didn't want it to say, want it to be like, hey, she went to this school and this is why she feels this way about college. But she went to Prince Hall University. And you can do a little bit of digging. I'm not, maybe I'll talk a little bit later in another Q&A about Prince Hall and where that name came from, because it is a reason for it being that name, having that name. But Prince Hall is like an like NYU, I imagine. So it's called PHU. So NYU is like, uh, PHU is like the NYU of DC. It's a private top tier university. So you do have to be smart to get into PHU, Prince Hall University. But Kenya went for about two semesters maybe and then left and was like, I'm out. Like, I don't feel like doing this anymore. This is, it feels like a waste of my time. Doing this, I could be doing something better with my time and definitely something better with my money. Um, So she's the only girl of the three that is from D.C. And the funny thing is that's like most people. If you come to D.C., most people that live here now are not natives of D.C. Um, But Kenya, I probably would describe her as one of those girls who has one of those people who has extremely unique interests. Um, you might want to, some might call her a black girl nerd. Some might call her a tomboy at times. Some might call her, I mean, it, it runs the gamut, but she definitely is someone who is very unique in their life. She's hard to to categorize. Although you get a sense of who she is when you get to know her, she's definitely someone who's hard to put in a category because she can dress up just as well as she dresses down. Not that, But at the same time, fashion is not an interest at all of hers. She's not like Jay, who's someone who fashion is extremely important to her. Um, and Ty, it's important to her because it's it represents sort of the perspective uh, or perception that you would have of her. So Ty takes fashion very seriously, although it's not extremely uh, diverse fashion. Um, She's mostly dresses and business suits. Jay's very much into name brands, that kind of thing. Kenya's neither. She's definitely would wear Chuck Taylors everywhere if she could, but when she needs to dress up, she looks good doing that too. Um, but I will say she almost always needs help. 
<laughs> when she needs to dress up. I will say that. And she almost 75% of the time gets that help from Jay because Jay knows fashion. So uh, because of this, because of these unique interests and that unique personality type, she finds it difficult to connect with most men because of this. So it's it's never a definitive place where she can meet men. Like with Ty, because she's because of the interest that she has, she can meet She'll connect with a lot of those suit and tie type of guys or, you know, professional men. Jay connects with, she's she has a lot of great interests too, so she connects with a lot of people all the time. She's not as discriminating in the type of men that she likes. But Kenya likes what she likes, and then she is who she is. So it's, it's usually more of a difficult road for her to connect, truly connect with men. And then, therefore, probably the reason why we have this story based on her. Um, she's a person who is, I mentioned ambitious, but she's not easily distracted. So that's one of the things where even if she does meet a great guy, it's hard for her to, like, she has a vision for her life and goals. So it's hard for men, something like that, to knock her off her game. Whereas with a lot of women, it's once a man comes along, they start to postpone a lot of things that they wanted for this relationship or the idea of a relationship. And Kenya is definitely not that. She definitely cannot bring herself to do something like that. So our girl Kenya is an ENFJ. An ENFJ, that personality type is called a protagonist, which I think is kind of fitting. She's the protagonist of this story, and her personality type is a protagonist. Uh, this is a person with an extroverted, intuitive, feeling, and judging personality type. These warm, forthright types love helping others, and they tend to have strong ideas and values. They back their perspective with the creative energy to achieve their goals. If this does not describe Kenya. I hate to, you know, jump off and and start to, because you could probably hear the smiling in my voice, but it's so funny how these personality types describe actual scenes and, and uh, actions that I've written already in the stories that you've read, the two episodes that you've uh, not read, but the ones that you've listened to here on the podcast. But um, even some of the stories that you haven't gotten to know just yet, so it's it's just funny how these personality types personality types are describing uh, these characters. So protagonists are natural born leaders. They're full of passion and charisma, forming around two percent of the population. So they too are nice. Not a lot of people like this. They are oftentimes our politicians, our coaches, our teachers, reaching out and inspiring others to achieve and do good in the world. With the natural confidence that begets influence, protagonists take a great deal of pride and joy in guiding others to work together to improve themselves and their community. Yes, this is definitely our Kenya. She's, she, I mean, she's running a company, and part of running a company is to have, now, of course, entrepreneurs or leaders of companies, companies can be any personality type, but uh, for this reason, what we're describing in this story, this is perfect for Kenya being a protagonist. Um, so yeah, so definitely I want you guys to go back and look more at not only 
uh, the ENFJ and all of the personality types for these. Why am I struggling with that word? Uh, I think I may have, uh, I was just drinking some tea, so maybe I didn't have it warm enough to to, to relax my tongue. But um, go back and look at the personality types, um, not just the ones that I listed here, but you can take your own at 16 personalities type, uh, actually 16personalities.com. And that's the number 16 and then personalities. Dot com and you can learn yours and you know what share them with me I want to know go on social media put yours up there tell me what you are tag me in it so I can know we can just kind of have a fun little discussion about this so I know you're probably wondering like what's mine my personality type I mean I'm Kenya more or less um but we have one difference I'm an ENFP and it's a slight difference uh, from Kenya. So ENFP, that personality type is called a campaigner. And the campaigner is someone with an extroverted, intuitive feeling and prospecting personality type. So that last part where Kenya was a J, uh, J is as far as this, not J as far as the character, but J for this, um, which meant judging, meaning she prefers to plan and have more clarity about where she's going. I am, I am an ENFP, which the P is for, uh, what's this, prospecting? So I'm more of an improvising, go with the flow type. And, you know, you can, the cool thing about this personality type test is that it'll tell you whether you're like 51 to 49%, even though it'll say that you're more one more than the other, other you're still more or less 50-50. So for, for me... Um, I do plan or at least try to plan a lot, but I have the wherewithal to know that it's too much. Like I've experienced too much failure in life to try to plan everything. So naturally I am more of an improvising, like I may have a blueprint or an outline, like even with this episode it's probably longer than I anticipated simply because I did not have a plan. Like most of my episodes run about a half an hour because they're they're planned but th- these bonus episodes are not planned they're outlined and I'm just like going for a tangent talking you know you probably could tell that too but I, I just love sharing things um when it comes to this story but with most things and I would say maybe 60 percent 65 percent of things I do kind of like the improvise uh I, I like the improvising aspect of it or the go with the flow aspect, kind of, you know, the surprise, see what's going to happen and not necessarily try to plan out everything. Um, I'm not the kind of person that goes on a trip and goes with a plan. I go on a trip, I book a ticket and that's it. That's all. I, I mean, I know where I'm staying, but other than knowing where I'm staying, I don't know what I'm doing. Like I've every trip that I've been on, like no trip that I've ever been on has been planned. It's always the tickets and where I'm staying. That's that's planned. But I don't know. I never plan where I'm going to go. And I always have a great time with just doing what I feel like doing once I get there or meet people or my friend, whoever I'm going to visit, friends or whoever I'm going to visit or going with, we just kind of go, you know, jump in a cab once we get there, if it's like New York or something. But, you know, we just do. And so like I prefer that and I tend to do that more. So anyway, with the campaigner, it's an introverted, intuitive feeling and prospecting personality type. These people tend to embrace big ideas and actions that reflect their sense of hope and goodwill toward others. Their vibrant energy can flow in many directions. 
Yes. <laughs> you probably saw, like, the funny thing about that is um, A Music and Men was supposed to be just a TV show, I think, initially. And then right now we're talking about books. We're talking about podcasts. We're talking about, like, all these different things, like a short film. We're talking about all these different things because my energy flows in many different directions. I can't, I'm not a sit still type of person, even though funny enough, I am, I, I read a lot and I do study stillness, but not in the, that's more in the spiritual mental sense, <clears throat> psychological sense. In the physical sense, I cannot sit still. Like I like to be doing things. So the campaigner personality is a true free spirit. What did I just say? Jeez. So anyway, I'm reading. So the campaign personality is a true free spirit. They are often the life of the party, but unlike types in the explorer role, uh, that's another group. Campaigners are less interested in the sheer excitement and pleasure of the moment than they are in enjoying the social and emotional connections they make with others. I, yes, I love meeting people. Um, I probably love meeting new people more than I do uh, sustaining, and that's probably not a good thing, but you know, <laughs> I, I probably enjoy meeting new people more than I love sus trying to sustain old relationships. Now I do have a lot of very old relationships, but I love meeting new people. I love the opportunity of meeting and knowing the, the novel idea of like new, new people. Um, and I meet new people a lot. So, and, and in many ways, so anyway, to finish this off, so the char they're charming, independent, energetic, and compassionate. That's true. <laughs> the 7% of the pop, they're 7%, not a lot, of the population uh, that they comprise can certainly be felt in any crowd. Um, yeah, I'm definitely not a, I wouldn't describe myself as a life of the party thing because I actually don't party too much because I'm always doing. So partying is is a little out of my wheelhouse. But um, definitely someone who I think people remember, and not to toot my own horn, but probably because of the energy. I think people can sense the energy and the uh, part, partly with Kenya, like the the ambition, and people do gravitate toward that energy. Um, so yeah, so I'm a campaigner. But anyway, go to sixteenpersonalities.com, get yours. It's free, or well, at least the blanket cover page one is free you probably could pay for to delve more into it of course and tag me on social media let me know what your personality type is and i would love to hear it so that's going to be it for this week i've gone way over what i wanted to go uh, as far as i wanted this episode to be but it's okay um next week i have no idea like i'm just kind of winging it right now with this because i don't want to jump back into the episodes just yet if i do skip a week or something like that in um in the planning of doing the storytelling episodes i will let you know i'm not gonna just uh skip a week i'll probably just come on and say that i'm skipping one but we should be back very, very soon. I'm trying to get things together to come back. Uh, it's not because I'm off trying to create. These episodes are already written uh, that I normally do. Not this one, but the actual storytelling ones. And I usually like to compose a cold open for those and then put together the rest of the episode. So I'll let you know when we're coming back. Hopefully it is sometime soon, sometime in June. But um, yeah, so stay tuned for that. Thank you so much for tuning in and I will catch you on the other side. Hopefully that is next week. Music for this episode is brought to you by Liquid. 
You can find Liquid's music queued up in your show notes. This track is called Weightless. Weightless. 